Hello, everyone. Uh, we're so glad you're here. My name is Sam Briggs. I am a trained opera singer and programs coordinator for Tulsa Opera. And I'm so excited to be sharing OK Opera with my co-host, Nicole. Say hey. What's up? What's up? Yes, and my name is Nicole Wood. I started at Tulsa Opera as an intern, and now I'm full-time. They decided they liked me, I guess, enough to hire me as their outreach assistant. Before I started, I often thought, okay opera but <laughs> let me tell you the more i find out about this stuff the cooler it gets so yes. well we are bringing okay opera podcast to you throughout the season we're previewing shows giving backstage tea it's everything you need to know so today we got all of the hot tea on puccini and verdi play ball our season opener is actually at one oak field um, October 15th, and it'll be at 7.30 p.m. It'll be our second time being at the baseball field. And I'm so glad because, truth be told, I've only honestly been to one opera. And it was an opera concert when I was an intern. It's Greenwood Overcomes. And um, I've actually never even been to a ballpark. Ugh. I've never even been to a baseball field. It so, is wonderful. So I'm glad to kind of do like a two for one special for this. Well, we're definitely kind of turning it on its head this time around. I was fortunate enough to be in the audience for Tulsa Opera's Rigoletto uh, at One Oak Field. So jealous. A year ago. And I really didn't know what to expect. That was my first time at a ballpark for an opera, but they really knocked it out of the park. Really? It was, yeah, it was just so Pun intended. Pun intended. <laughs> so, Sam, so what should we wear? Like, I, I never know what to wear to do these things. But that's, like, the best thing about being at a ballpark. Okay. You can, well, don't wear whatever you want. I mean, come in clothes. <laughs> yeah. Come in clothes, please. <laughs> please. But, yeah, like, jeans, tank tops, something super casual. Like, come come to the baseball yeah. field. Like, yeah. don't worry about putting on a ball gown. Don't worry about putting on a tux. If, you, if you're feeling that vibe, if you want to wear a ball gown, go for it. But, like, I will be in my Rockford Peaches jersey and a <laughs> pair of jeans. Okay, Sam. So, help me out with something else now. Um, this opera is going to be sung in Italian? Like, yeah. how, how in the world am I supposed to know what's going on here? Uh, so, the great thing about doing a show at One Oak Field is that there's a Jumbotron. Okay. So, we're going to have all the English translations. Love It'll it. It'll be super easy to follow along. Okay. And, like, we're directing it to kind of be filmed on the Jumbotron. Okay. That, yeah. that makes me feel so much better. Yeah. So... Puccini and Verdi play ball. We've got two Italian greats. I mean, Puccini and Verdi in Italy, everyone knows who they are. Such glorious music. I mean, they wrote La Boheme. Uh, Verdi wrote uh, La Traviata. We've got Madame Butterfly. Gorgeous, glorious opera at its finest. I love it. Yeah. So we're starting the night off with a couple of innings of their works, and then we'll transition to Johnny Skiki, which is a one-act comedy okay. by Puccini. And it's basically just laughs on laughs on laughs. Do you know Do you know anything about Johnny Skeeky? Uh, I'm pretty much clueless. Oh, girl, <laughs> that's why I'm here. Yes, help me out, please. <laughs> okay, old guy, dead. Yes. That's the number one important thing. Okay. Second important thing, family wants the money. Oh. They want the money, girl. Oh so my they gosh. show up, they're grieving, right? Yeah. No, 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 honey, they want that will. They want that inheritance. Comedy ensues. Thank you, Puccini. We need some laughs. And uh, yeah, they find out that 
um, Buozo, the dead guy, uh-huh. he's given all the money to the church. So they're pissed, oh, the fuming. And um, they call in Johnny Skiki, the title character. Oh, okay. So that's how he comes in. Yeah, he's going to come in. He's going to kind of swindle the money for the family. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't go exactly the way they plan. Of course. You know, I mean, as is one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, is he successful? Is he not? You'll have to find out. Oh my gosh, I literally cannot wait for opening night, y'all. It's gonna be like, so good. That sounds like my jam. I love comedies. I just cannot wait. And I love money. Yeah, that too. Money's great. Money makes the world go <laughs> Would you ever swindle money out of your family? No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a personal question. <laughs> mom, I'm coming for you, Mom. <laughs> I was really lucky. I got the chance to interview our stage director, James Blosh. I'm so jealous. I know. Well, so we did not make it easy on him. (laughs) He is doing a show at the ballpark and he's updating it to the 1980s. So it was really interesting to hear what he had to say about what that process is like. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to listen. Yes, let's hear what he's got to say. Hi, James. Hello, how are you? Welcome. I'm good, I'm good. It's a delight to have you. Thank you for having me. We're talking opera, we're talking... Ballparks. We're talking ballparks and opera. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thunk? <laughs> well, let's like let's jump right on in. Like, how are you feeling? Like, what are, what are, what can the audiences expect from Puccini and Verdi play ball? Well, I mean, I'm I'm feeling really good. I actually just came from a music rehearsal, the first music rehearsal, um, and just to like hear everybody singing together, you know, not on Zoom in real life. Many of the performers actually are performing for the first time since the pandemic started. And so I could kind of sense the emotions in the room and all of that. So it was just, I'm feeling really good. It it was really, um, it was beautiful. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm hoping that some of our audience, you know, members for this show will have seen the baseball Rigoletto because I thought that was just such a smash uh, for the company and for everybody uh, here in Tulsa. So I'm looking forward to several of those folks coming and joining us here because we are really leaning into the baseball-ness of it all even more. Yes. Um, and obviously with the title, Puccini and Verdi Play Ball, we're not even just pulling from one opera, but we're pulling from a bunch of different pieces and trying to give everybody, you know, the best of. I mean, we've got arias, we've got duets, and then we have a fully staged production so it's definitely a mix of uh, music well and the setup's a little different right so there's Mm kind of it's not like a pre-show it's like a uh like act one is kind of like the composers competing yeah kind of it's kind of like an act one yeah we're calling them innings as you know you as one would at the sports yeah we're starting with three innings um with the puccini and verdi uh, starting with duets and then going on to arias. And then each of the singers will be on a team with their team colors and it'll all be very, you know, contemporary of the moment. I live for that. Yeah. I love when worlds collide. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be really sweet. And then of course we go into Skiki to close it out yeah. uh, with Puccini being our home team for this performance. Um, and we will be setting that in a completely different time and space. So it is, it's just kind of like a standalone show. Um, and we're setting that in 1988. Ooh, okay, I have, I have questions, I have questions. Well, okay, the first one. So, listeners, if you haven't heard, James came and did Rigoletto for us last year when the pandemic was closing everything down. Did your experience doing that kind of inform anything? Like, did you have any challenges there that you're looking at now and you're like, this is Oh, nothing. yeah. Oh, fully. Yeah. Doing the show last year was a first for so many people involved. I was the assistant on that production. I did not direct it myself. Uh, James Robinson did. And uh, Frank Zamacona did video, who's also going to be working with me on video in this production. 
And I think something that we were all uh, really surprised to learn was just how involved the Jumbotron is for this space and our audience. You know, like, again, a lot of these folks that we learned, you know, some of them bought their tickets to Tulsa Opera for the very first time just to see this piece. And so they immediately, as soon as the camera went on, went from looking at the field, looking up in the air to both, you know, see things in the way we've been used to seeing them all pandemic, which is on a screen, but also just to see what the heck all this Italian meant. <laughs> so, and, and so you kind of got glued up there because you're like, I need to know the English. And it looks even more clear, you know, yeah. you get even more of a, of a particular perspective than just seeing a bunch of, you know, singers running around a massive baseball field. Um, and so what I... Uh, told everybody here um, kind of going towards this production was that I really want to focus everything for the camera so we can be as intentional as possible with that perspective so that when the audience is looking up, it's not just what the cameras happen to catch, but it's actually curated entirely for that experience. So in a way, you're sort of watching, you know, the, the thing up on the screen and then you get to kind of see how the meat is made yes. <laughs> down, down on the field. Um, and I... I've done a lot of productions in sort of unconventional spaces um, from clubs to junkyards and kind of all over this country. And, and I really um, I really enjoy going to a space first before even the production is decided or figured out or whatever. And just understanding what people will want to get out of that and like what how, what, what, how much can you squeeze out of that space? Mm. And I think being here last year on the baseball stadium for Rigoletto gave me so much information to sort of better focus this production. I'm sorry, Junkyard Opera? It was not an opera. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I direct many other things. Um, I, it was a play, actually. So I, I come from primarily oh, a theatrical background. Well, I love that there's just, you know, it seems like you're really thinking outside the box. So I'm glad we have you for, you know, our baseball, Johnny, Skiki, Puccini, and Verdi play ball, because it is, you know, you, you have to approach it differently. Totally. Well, so you have kind of given yourself an extra challenge by updating the show. Originally, the show takes place in 1299, but you're setting it in the 1980s. Yes. Do you prefer updated opera or do you like a period piece? Like, what was your thought process for that? Well, for me, it's a case by case basis. I don't think you know, any project is served by being always done one way or always done the other way. I think it really depends on the audience and why here, why now, and all of that. And so for this show, the 1988 idea wasn't arbitrary. It was very specific to the relationship to the Jumbotron that I was talking about, that oh. kind of being the main focus of how I wanted this show to evolve from the baseball rigoletto last year was again focusing on the video and jumbotrons were really into the coming into their heyday um, in the eighties and so a lot of like the kiss cam and like all those kind of like yes. fun graphics and all of that really come from that period and so I wanted to lean into that since that's the medium that the audience is going to see the whole show from um, so everything else just kind of fell into place after that um, and it feels right for this moment, you know, actually. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Come back real soon. Yes, please. Thank you. That was so interesting to listen to, Sam. I, after hearing that the Jumbotron was sort of his inspiration for staging this whole thing, it made so much sense that Gianni Skiki would be set in the 80s. Completely. And I just love that James is inspired by everything around him. Yeah. He's a really interesting guy to talk to. Yeah. So, Sam, 
now let me give you the tea. You've, you've been giving me all the tea, so now it's my turn. Serve it, Nicole. Okay, so they're about the costumes for this show, and they are going to be amazing, Sam. I got to talk to our uh, costume designer, Megan Swick, and seeing her passion about these 80s costumes is so awesome. Uh, I love Megan. She is the moment. Yeah, she is. I have heard rumors about a tracksuit. Yes, the infamous tracksuit. Ooh, okay. I want to know. I want to know it all. Yeah, her process was super amazing. I had no idea all the work that went into designing costumes for an opera. So let's take a listen, Sam. So how are you today, Megan? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, good, good. Just enjoying the day. I thought it was going to be cool today, but it's freaking hot outside. Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. Let's just um, get right into it. So where do you even start when designing costumes for an opera? Research. Research? A lot of research. Once I have the first meeting with the director and I understand where their vision is, I sit down and spend a lot of time researching the period, as well as any other details that the director may have given me about specific characters. So did you have a particular vision going into this or, you know, anything like that? No, I was very excited about the era. Um, growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was, it was a lot of fun, but it, it was going to be, you know, present its own set of challenges. Yeah. How is the 1980s a challenge? Finding pieces, specific pieces, was harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, like we were, what? The tracksuit. The tracksuit? Of all things, one of the hardest pieces to find for the show was a tracksuit. Oh my gosh. Um, in my mind, I thought, oh, I'm going to be able to go into any thrift store or, mm -hmm. you know, secondhand store and find a tracksuit. Yeah. You know, a, you know, windsuit, as they used to call them. And it was probably the hardest piece to find in the whole show. So where did you end up finding one? Etsy, I believe. Etsy. Somebody was uh, selling one bless on Etsy. Etsy. <laughs> bless it. Bless it. So um, was there anything you had to consider? Because, you know... Um, if the audience didn't know, the Puccini and Verdi play ball is outside at One Oak Field. So was there anything you had to consider because we're going to be outside? Do you think um, the weather will be an issue at all? Like, because Oklahoma weather, you know, it's very unpredictable. Absolutely. And there is a lot more into it when you have to consider weather. There is the consideration of, do I put this person in jeans or jean shorts or, you know, this character, do I want to put them in a sweater or wrap a sweater around their shoulders or all, all kinds of factors come into it. And it's it's difficult to gauge exactly how Oklahoma yeah. weather in October is going to be. How was having a different time period? Like, does that help you at all? Like just knowing where the time period is? Knowing where the time period is and being a time period that I was alive during yeah. and I know a little bit more about made it a little bit easier um, other things that I've designed that have been in in different eras have required a little more a little more research into mm -hmm. them. But the the difference in this one was also the wealth of the characters. Yeah, because they're not they're not the the more middle class yeah. you know people that we're used to. It is a, an upper class wealthy family. So looking at that aspect of the eighties was also something that I hadn't done until yeah. this. Because we all know the, like, 
casual 80s look but exactly what did that high-end 80s look like you know I always I feel like pretty pretty in pink should have been on your research list oh it was (laughs) okay oh it was (laughs) okay good because I was like that's like the first thing I'm thinking of is like high-end 80s absolutely it's just those white all white suits that the frilliness the fruffles all of that good stuff oh yeah yeah, so I cannot wait to see the costumes for this and the all the designs and everything you have picked out. I mean, I know you said the tracksuit was kind of hard. The but... tracksuit was just difficult to track down. Yeah. I, I knew what I wanted, but finding it was hard. Yeah, the tracksuit was hard to, to track, track down. down. Exactly. <laughs> what are you looking for as it all comes together at dress rehearsal? I want to see my color palette fit together because during fittings I can I can hold pieces up when I'm buying and when I'm researching and see how they look together but actually seeing the the performers that are going to be such as the couples and see them together and how everything looks as a whole is something I don't get to see until that first dress rehearsal yeah do you get like kind of like nervous jitters with that first dress rehearsal absolutely yeah absolutely and you know, just get crazy detail oriented. And that very first dress rehearsal usually ends in a a page to two pages of notes for me going, this person needs more jewelry. This person needs less jewelry. This person needs bigger jewelry. And I'm excited to see how it actually happens this time, because one of the challenges I've had is designing costumes for an audience that's at a distance while at the same time designing for a jumbotron that is going to show everything every little detail exactly yeah so did you really make sure to get into the details with this 100 percent. what costume are you really excited about Ooh, there's several that i'm really excited to see in person i think that Loretta, I think her outfit is one of my favorites in the show. Her denim jacket is vintage Jordash, and it was the very first piece I purchased as soon as I had her measurements. <laughs> I saw it, and I was like, I have to have this. And it was the very first piece, and I have this cute floral dress underneath it, and these cute lace-up pink shoes, if they work. I can't wait to see it. Hey, I'm just going to say... I always admire a great denim jacket. I'm going to be honest. This one has the cute little bows cut out of the back and everything. It is so 80s. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. Well, I think that's all I have for you, Megan. It was so nice chatting with you. Thank you for giving me your time today. Absolutely. It was wonderful chatting with you. And I will see you at Puccini and Verdi Play Ball. Oh, Megan is a gem. I know. You know, she has costumed me a lot for the kids shows we do, the oh, tours. Yeah? The last show I did with her, we did a production of Billy Goat's Gruff. Oh my and gosh. when I tell you, I felt like a Billy Goat. I don't know how <laughs> she does it. It's magic. She must have the magic touch or something. It's great. And Megan, if you're listening, I want that tracksuit. Oh, costumes, scenery, set, jumbotrons. I can't wait to see how it all comes together. I know, me too. So we hope you will all join us on Friday, October 15th at One Oak Field. The show is going to be at 730. Tickets are now on sale at TulsaOpera.com. And luckily for you, they just start off at 
$15. And if you're a member of High Note Club, your tickets are half off. Oh my gosh. So easy to register. Just go online, sign up. You can join us on Facebook and you'll get exclusive perks and hear about everything happening at the opera. And if you aren't already excited to come, there's going to be an extravagant fireworks show after, so you're just going to have to come. Okay, opera! Okay, opera! Yes! <laughs>